Welcome to the School for Small Business podcast, where small business owners come to learn the keys to running a successful small business on their own terms. We've been in your shoes, scaling from the basement to the boardroom. We understand the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. And the one thing we know, business doesn't have to be hard. Let us make it easy for you. No business degree required. Join us as we unpack what it really takes to have success. The time, the money, and the freedom that you desire, all while having a massive impact on the people you serve. It's okay to want it all. If you've ever referred to yourself as an accidental entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We're going to dive into the mindset, the strategy, and everything in between. While you're busy supporting others, let us support you. Welcome back to a small business school. And this is going to be a fun little episode about how one little event during the day led to so many different thoughts about business and how people run businesses. And I had my phone out after I ran this errand and I was like, going to start making reels to give all these tips of things that came up that I'm like, oh man, these are things that nobody thinks about, but that I get when I do a reel for you, you guys are just leaving me the best feedback. And you're like, these are all the things that nobody thinks of that. Like, it's not the mainstream advice that's being shared. These are all the unique perspectives. I know you guys want to hear them, but there were so many that I could have made that I was like, no, we're turning this into a podcast episode. So Super excited to share this with you today. Yesterday, I was running an errand for my business, one of my businesses. It's a product-based business. If you haven't heard of it, Love Card Co. We do mindfulness and affirmations for families and children. And we're working um, to convert that business to a not-for-profit. So why that's relevant to you is that means I'm extra conscious about the dollars that we're spending in the business, really focusing on how are they, you know, coming back multiple. So if we're going to spend a dollar, how do we make five or 10 so we can help even more people? So literally my errand was to run and drop off a set of cards for an influencer. The, this influencer reached out, she's got about 300,000 followers on Instagram. And she said, I'm having a brunch, love to use a deck of your cards as a place setting. And would you be open to sending me a deck? Absolutely. But the event is right away. I have to overnight these cards. And one of my very first thoughts that I wanted to share with you is that a lot of the time, business owners are thinking that gifting to influencers is free. I really remember this like concept, I don't know, multiple years ago when influencer gifting was really big. I think there's been a shift in the industry since, but I saw people almost think like, okay, it's free. And the reality for me yesterday is it's very much not free, right? So we think like, well, the we're not spending money out of our pocket because the product's already sitting on our shelf. We're just going to go, it's going to pay a few dollars for shipping. Well, yesterday the shipping cost me $140. I sent the deck that this um, influencer was looking for. I also sent, um, we have a journal and little lunchbox love notes coming out and I'm like, oh, these would be perfect for you. And I sent those along. So not a big package. It costs like a hundred, almost $150 to send this package. So what I want you to know is like, that is not free. And especially in a day and an age where we're sending out all this product, if we actually do the math on it, A, the product cost us money. We're no longer able to sell that. So if all we were ever doing was gifting and never getting a return, never getting sales out of it, we didn't actually have any traction from that gifting then we would actually be out that money. We don't have money that came back to replenish the product. 
So A, the product costs money, but so does the shipping. And those are things that I find when we're not doing our bookkeeping, when we're not doing our numbers, when we're not getting that big picture perspective in our business, that's like looking at it from the outside in, we miss those because we're like, oh, it's only 20 bucks. But every time that you gift to an influencer, there's a cost. And all of a sudden when it adds up, you're like, wow, I spent a thousand dollars this month on gifting. And you could see how for a small business, um, especially somebody starting out, if you didn't plan to spend a thousand dollars a month on this gifting, and if you didn't plan for there to be an expense behind it, you thought like, okay, I'm just going to give so away some free decks and get traction. If that traction doesn't happen, you can understand how we're running out of a cash runway, how we're now falling short of like, well, that didn't lead to sales. And so now because it didn't lead to sales, like now I don't have any cash to try another option. Which leads me to my second point is that when we approach marketing specifically um, and we are going at it like, okay, we have to have a return on this. That's usually incredibly scary. See, there's two ways that I think that we pay for different marketing efforts. One is through cash outlay, right? We're paying something. Maybe we're paying SEO, we're paying for PR, we're paying for ads, we're paying somebody to do our social media, we are paying for user-generated content, um, maybe you're paying for radio ads, like the list kind of goes on, a, a booth at a trade show, we're paying for those things. But the other way that we're paying that we often forget about is in our hours. So what that means to me is that if I'm looking at how to, for a startup, how to go and approach marketing, especially if you don't have a lot of cash, then I look at it like, okay, well, which way do I want to invest in marketing in cash or in time? And I would probably like err on the side of time unless you're, you're certain. For example, like if you worked with a marketing company that guaranteed results or was paid based on results, um, then that would be like a more, like a less risky, more sure kind of thing that I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll invest some dollars there. But otherwise, most of the time people just want to be paid and they don't care if you get the results or not, or not, maybe that's not the right words. Maybe they care, but they're not going to guarantee it. And they're not going to work with you if you don't get the results that you're looking for. So you run out of cash runway and the problem with that is the cash runway is needed for other things too. It's not just for marketing. It's for your business insurance and your website and your telephone. And, you know, if you are giving away product, um, then you're going to have to reinvest to replenish that product. So if you're giving it all away cash wise, it's like, you need cash. So that is why I think, especially early on that, you know, using your time. So maybe it is doing your own social media. If you're the savvy type who can invest some hours and learn, there's so much to be learned for free on the internet. Um, so if you can invest some of your time, then you can have an easier return and you're not kind of digging into that cash reserve. Now, that being said, I do want you to look at marketing in a different way in that time costs you money as well. And we, when we're like, oh, I'm just going to use half an hour of my time. I don't know why, but we don't assign a dollar value to it. We think like, it's just time. It's no big deal. We have more of it. And that is true. But what if you thought of it as dollars of like, okay, I'm going to put an hour of my time into this. When you say my time is worth, you know, a hundred dollars an hour, 
or whatever rate you want to charge. I have some people that I work with that it's like $50 an hour and some people that I work with that are like $500 an hour. So it doesn't matter what the number is. But what I can tell you is, is you think much differently when you are looking at, okay, how much time do I, oh my gosh, sorry, I was going to sneeze. I don't edit these podcast episodes because I really just want them to be real. I don't want you to think that I take out all the ums and everything. So I apologize for that interruption. When you're thinking of time in terms of money at your hourly rate, you make different decisions. One of the biggest decisions when I started assigning dollars to my time was that I stopped having interruptions because I'm like, if I set aside an hour, I really need to get this far. And it pushed me to like focus, not to check my email, not to allow my kids to come in. It's like, okay, my one hour has to be dedicated and focused and I need to get this done. And I think of it differently going through that. You also think of it differently in terms of like, well, you know, are you going to take a 12 hour course on it? Or are you going to be like, no, I think I can learn what I need to in a five hour course, right? You make these decisions differently when you start assigning dollars to it. We just think differently with money. Um, and time is sort of this elusive concept. So if you are trying to think of like, okay, I'm going to do all these different things in your business, I would really suggest not just for marketing, but for everything, assigning dollar values to everything you do. Because when you do that, it's like, holy shit, I need to cut out so much. I even do this with my team because often they're like, hey, let's do blah, 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 put together this list. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to spend an hour and a half on that, the list alone, no action is going to cost you know, $150. So is that list worth $150? And then they're like, Oh, yeah, maybe not. Okay, there's a better way of doing it. And then they approach it differently. Maybe, you know, you're using AI, maybe you're using a resource and you're saying like, Hey, can I get this list from you instead of me trying to generate it? A really great example of this is like, um, we created a free resource. So thinking of a free resource, right? We want it to be super, we want it to be high quality, but because it's a free resource, we don't want to spend a lot of time and money on it. And the reality was, is I'm like, okay, I can sit down and put a list of like 50 affirmations down here. Absolutely. I can. That's not an issue. However, chat GPT will write a list of 50 affirmations in about four and a half seconds. Like literally it will write it way faster than I can type it. So why not use the power of AI? I still look through it. I'm still like, mm, I don't like this. I want to add this one in whatever. But if you know how to prompt AI, why would we not do that in our business? And then I'm like, oh, that free product cost me, you know, $100 instead of $500. Now I can put five of them out. Now I can have five times more resources to impact families. But it's the dollar value allowing me to be like, um, to compare and analyze it that really brought through um, that ability. Okay, so back to the conversation about FedEx. So definitely had me thinking about marketing approach. Um, I think that it's super interesting now that um, user generated content is in my eyes getting super expensive. It's definitely feasible for larger brands to be using these big names to get um, the word about, about their business. But what it feels like to me is like, you know, when you're a small business and you see big brands on used to be on TV on commercials and you'd be like, wow, 
one day, maybe I'll have that ad at the Super Bowl that costs like, you know, $10 million for 30 seconds. It's just not feasible. It's not attainable. Even radio ads were thousands of dollars. So as a small business starting out, sometimes like that wasn't achievable. That is what user generated content feels like to me. The reason it feels like that is because we are told that it takes seven to, I don't know, some somewhere between like seven to 20 touches, depending on who you're listening to. Um, it takes that many touches with your product to have somebody think about buying. So when we're like, oh, this person wants, you know, $300 for this reel, for this user generated content, are you willing to pay for that seven times? Now that's $2,100. I bet you're looking at it. Yes, it's getting you more content, but I guess, bet you're looking at it a lot differently of like, wow, okay, I'm going to have to commit that to really get a return on it. That's one of the things I see people who are like, okay, I'll like, I have 300 bucks. I'll do like one or two and like, hopefully it, it, it converts. But it's like people saw the product once. It's a really like, it's a shot in the dark. You're throwing a dart at a dartboard. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not good at darts. So I don't, that's not my preferred method. And you really have to think about how does your business get a return on that? Like what, what is the audience from that person? What kind of, you know, history do they have converting ads? Do you ask them? A lot of the time we're like, oh, well, they're the influencer. No, like what kind of sales do you have on previous ads? What kind of conversion rates did you achieve? What's your engagement rate? Just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean a lot of people are engaging. So you really start asking questions differently when you're looking at how does that play into the business finances? The other side, other thing that I was thinking about when I was at FedEx um, was business model. So shipping rates are to me like almost getting, actually they, I pay more for shipping per an item than I paid for the item by far. Um, I think that's probably been that way for a long time. But when you are coming up with a business model, how are you looking at it? So I look at Love Power Co's like old business model where it was like selling decks of cards. Well, first of all, people only buy the deck of cards once. If they love them, they might gift them to a family or friends. But like we don't have a lot of repeat business the way that somebody selling supplements or a drink or something would sell. So that means our business model relies on us constantly getting in front of new people if we're not going to release a new product. And, you know, that business hadn't released a new product in years. So now we're reliant on creating new product and selling new product that's similar to like a clothing industry. You know, everything phases out fairly quickly. But in our industry, like what kind of new mindfulness products could we constantly be putting out? You know, clothing changes with seasons, but mindfulness products, like we actually want people using our cards every day. This is not like, you know, summer, they're going to use it. And then in fall, they're going to want something different. So we really had to look at the business model and like, okay, what does that, what does that support? Because we don't have people coming back constantly. And then the high shipping rate of the product on top of it. Um, that can make things challenging. Another thought that I had is that like, how can you, um, you know, maybe use um, the advantage of like drop shipping and things like that. So instead of carrying a high cost of inventory, maybe you're making a little bit less, but you are, you know, you're, you're making a little bit less on each sale, but ultimately you're kind of further ahead cash wise. You can put more money into marketing because you don't have as much inventory sitting on the shelf. The other thing that I thought super randomly about the shipping rates is that what an opportunity this is for somebody 
with the logistical know-how for shipping to come in, this is often when I see markets disrupted. So I want you to like kind of take this and be like, how is this happening? Or where have I seen it happen before in my own industry? And like use this concept. So shipping rates are everybody's complaining about them. They're getting higher and higher. It's getting harder for people to make money. But what I see happening is that's creating an opportunity for another company, another company to come in. Um, a great example of this is airlines. When the air, when the prices to travel by air kept going up, 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 all of a sudden we got these low cost carriers come in. They were able to standardize. They picked some specific routes that they thought were important. They were able to standardize some of um, their process to really find efficiencies that they were able to then pass along to the customer. And they disrupted the industry. They took market share from somebody else. So I think this is a great opportunity for somebody with the shipping logistics or even one of the companies that already exist to like white label um, or not white label, but rebrand and like have another arm where they do like low cost shipping and like maybe something specific behind it. Um, anyways, I think it's just super interesting to see how when prices go up, 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 how some people are thinking about like, where's the opportunity for me and others who are just like, Ooh, this is great for me and my business. So the lesson in this is to not get complacent. If the rates in your industry are going higher, 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 a really great example of this is like, well, I was going to say psychology, like the rates are going up to the point that psychologists are almost unachievable. Like it's almost unattainable for a lot of people to get into their world at hundreds of dollars an hour. And so then now you're seeing people like life coaches, um, people who are therapists, but not psychologists, um, things like that come into play because people need a lower cost option. So psychologists, if I was a psychologist, I'd be like, sweet, like my hourly rates going up, like this is great for my business. And that would be exciting. But then also you see industry disruptions of like, wait a minute, now all of a sudden there's a lower cost offering. How could you create a practice? For example, if you were a psychologist that actually had two or three levels, right? So like you've got it all covered. You've got the higher rates. Some people will justify doing that. And then you've also got people who are more accessible. Like where is the opportunity instead of just saying, sweet, my hourly rate's going up, more money in my bank account. The other shortfall, especially when this is happening, oh my gosh, I got a message from my friend yesterday. I told her I was going to make a podcast episode. Shout out to Danielle Stead. Um, so where, when you're making a ton of money in an industry, shipping companies, airlines, you know, whatever it is, where, when are you, where is the opportunity? Because if you're thinking like, there's a ton of money in my bank account, I don't need to look into this. Like, you know, everything is good. This is where I see people fall apart. And oftentimes they're not looking at their financials because they're like, you know what? Money's good. I got lots of money. I don't need to look at my money. However, you're probably not like saving, reinvesting. You're not looking to really have long-term sustainability. You're just kind of like, you know, clocking in, clocking out. And these are always the situations where people end up surprised when something happens and they're like, what do you mean? You know, maybe you're taking a ton of owner draws and then a pandemic happens. You have no idea how many people I saw that happen to. Um, or, you, you know, you're running out of cash all of a sudden because you missed something. You missed somebody opening down the street that's offering the same thing for half the price. So 
where is the opportunity to look at your financial statements and really create a strong plan for your business? One that really reflects what changes are happening in the industry, opportunities. That is the way area that I love to play like stupid idea time. Like what if, you know, how could this be really epic? Not all those ideas are going to land, but some of them I think will be really beneficial. Okay. That's it for me today. That is like, you know, one minute of, of being in my mind talked out over 20 minutes because that's probably how fast my brain works. Um, I love you guys. I am rooting for every single one of you. If you have a product-based business, just want to say I feel you on the shipping rates. And there's so much opportunity to use numbers and that understanding. If you've seen throughout this episode that it's like the numbers aren't about the dollars and cents. They're about the opportunity. They're about the business model. They're about like, how do we serve people well? It's not just like, how do I have more dollars in my business? But it's understanding how like the the flow of money is like kind of like the indication of how things are going. Um, you know, doctors use blood tests to tell us what's going wrong in our bodies. And to me, looking at your finances is the same thing, but for your business, cash flow is the life flow of your business. And you need to understand where those dollars and cents are going so that you can understand if there's an area um, for improvement or an area that's breaking down. Okay, until next time, please give us a shout out on social media. We help more and more small business owners by you sharing with your friends, whether you're sharing silently behind the scenes, whether you're sharing on social, um, whether you're just, you know, passing along, um, you know, like, hey, did you hear about this? This was interesting. doesn't matter. It just means the world to me that you're doing it. So love and appreciate you all. And until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the School for Small Business podcast. That's right. I'm saying thank you because I believe so heavily in small businesses and how they are the backbone of our community. And I am so grateful that you are taking the steps to make sure that your small business is here for the long run, supporting your family and your community. And I just love it. If you found any nuggets from this episode that were helpful to you, I want to ask you a favor. I want to ask that you share them with a friend because if you found them helpful, somebody else will as well. And it's that concept of the rising tide raises all ships. So please go ahead and share with a friend, whether it's on social, maybe you're sending them an email the old school way. I don't know. You want to send a letter, but any way you want to share, I would just be eternally grateful. And as always, like, please just shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love to chat with small business owners.